Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 37 at last, because I definitely thought it was episode 37 four episodes ago. Uh, And what is this of? This is the Next Level Author Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every single week is... Daniel Wilcox. Hi. Hello. Episode 37. I feel like you're wishing away the episodes. No, honestly, I like the last time. To me, it's still episode three. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not. (laughs) Given on episode 33, I thought it was episode 37. And then my last episode, which was episode 35, I still thought it was episode 37. It is at fucking last that we're on uh, episode 37. Maybe it's, maybe it's week 37 of pandemic, which it very well may be, <laughs> judging by when we started this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm also mortified that you made me uh, watch <laughs> the episode the other day before the pandemic and we both looked about eight years younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just I went down the rabbit hole in the evening and I was just like, oh, let's, let's re-listen to the first episode and see uh, see what that was like. And we're so cheery and we're so fresh-faced and we're so... Oh, unwizened to what the world would become i know i know so on that note <laughs> yeah how has your week been we actually haven't spent all week with each other this week no no we haven't um i think i can feel it like there's just there's just an aching there's a hole in my heart where where sasha once was <laughs> like oh, yeah so it's funny. it's it's been a good week. It's been a, a hard oh, oh, week. Oh, so it's been a good week because because I haven't been around you. Is that why? No, that's fine. I mean, that's how this is going. Finish, maybe <laughs> that's what these wrinkle lines are for, is all the fucking in, in, interruptions. I can't even say the word. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a it, it's been a good week. It's been, I, I guess, kind of productive. Um, I've had a... Meltdown's the wrong word. I've had a lot of thinking about what I'm doing, where I want to go what's efficient in terms of productivity I had the first morning in months in which I sat down and wrote some words just simply because I was inspired which was awesome so I've actually like nailed now a couple of um, paragraphs and chapters for the productivity book which I feel good about um but yeah comes a realization that it is it is holiday time for Dan massively and I have managed to figure things out so I can take a whole week off over Christmas um you know putting aside like tiny little checking things like the bulk of like the stuff that expends energy and everything else I'm taking off um this morning instead of doing the stuff I normally do I sat down and I just played video games for like two three hours in bed which I've not done in I'm not joking four years um so yeah I think it's 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 hit crutch point for me obviously like we've both been backwards and forwards through exhaustion bits and pieces but I think I'm just at the point now where I've realized that I'm not really getting the inspiration from the places I used to get the inspiration because I'm constantly like telling myself what I should be doing mm-hmm. instead of kind of like listening to the the primal side of my brain that just tells me occasionally to enjoy stuff have fun sit down take a break take a break take a fucking break mm-hmm. so that's my week it's yeah it's been good in that sense I finished um this is a spoiler for our task but I finished the project on deadline which was good on deadline being the operative word don't even um, know what my task was 
well, this will be fun. Oh, I also watched your Angel episode as well when I watched that first episode, just because I needed a laugh. And you're <laughs> such a good sport, Sasha. You can get fucked. <laughs> so that was my week. How was, how was yours? Well, it started really well because I thought my son was going back to school on Monday. And so we got him dressed. And I took him to school because the school had told me he could return on the 7th. And I got back home full of the joys of being able to write and having silence and interruption free time. And um, I took off my coat, I hung up my coat and I got a phone call. And it was the school informing me that in fact, my son could not return on Monday, but had to have another week in isolation. So, um, there was a period, I would say, of about 90 minutes that I don't remember. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Dan got the brunt of at least a good 10 minutes of those 90, where I don't think he got to say a single word down the I phone. Just I just shouted <laughs> at the universe with Dan listening and swearing profusely. Um, yeah, as I made my way back to school and I just, I just saw red because I am so fucked off with this fucking bullshit coronavirus ridiculousness. Like I'm so fucking over it. I just, I need life to go back to normal now. I'm done. I'm, I'm very sorry to everybody who's had shit because of it. You know what? We've all had shit because of it. And uh, you know, I've had very close family members all of them have tested positive. How we didn't get it, I do not know, uh, but we didn't. And I just, I just want my fucking life back. Thank you very much. And um, I'm not, yeah, I'm just, I know I'm, I'm getting like more and more irrational <laughs> about <laughs> the whole situation because like, I, I got to the point this week where I was like, is the universe just telling me to give up? Because, and that, and like genuinely that is where I got to like, and I know it's a mindset issue but I am also human and I have low days and you know I I thought I was going to get a week to work and so my son will have been at school for a grand total of four days this month four days like his education is suffering my business is suffering my fucking mindset is suffering everything is suffering and um <clears throat> yeah so I mean like that aside <sighs> The week was okay. Like I got to go and see the chiropractor finally, which was amazing because now I am pain free again. Like literally I am in love with my chiropractor. He is the most amazing voodoo magician person with strange magical hands that contort me and crack me and do strange things to me that make me feel very nice. Thank you very much. And um, so <laughs> I, I love him and he's one of my favorite people like I genuinely and the thing is like I was talking to Chloe about this and I was like I actually think the chiropractor is my favorite form of self-care because I was thinking about like uh, at first I was like oh no this is just a medical appointment and then I'm like actually it's not it's a form of self-care because it brings me so much joy and then I'm pain-free again and then I get bendy and flexible and then I can like spin on my spin bike and I can do taekwondo pain-free and so it's absolutely a form of self-care. And she was like, do you know, I think it's one of my favorite forms of self-care as well. Like, so she wasn't actually in pain, but she was like, yeah, if you're going, I'm going to go. And um, <laughs> so she like had some acupuncture and stuff and she just came up oh, with like no. a million dollars as well. 
so yeah and then <clears throat> acupuncture is where i draw the line just oh that's really? my two cents mm -hmm. and um and so yeah and like i have to admit though i definitely stress bought one or two books <laughs> and by one or two i definitely mean that's in double figures <laughs> this week um but i don't give any fucks so that's the end of on that a, story on an interesting thread the fact that you said again and we say this every week and i hope that time returns to normal at some point because do you think it's going like to i don't know i i think normality and routine helps bring that around because there aren't like stringent checkpoints but yeah that call felt like three weeks ago like that it was six days ago is, is unbelievable to me but on a different note the the chiropractor stuff i was i was a huge skeptic of chiropractic work until oh my, my back blew out last year and i was literally like hobbling around the office um at the beginning of the year for like three months or so saw a chiropractor things popped things cracked things twisted in ways I didn't know they could twist <laughs> and it's weird to describe how physically light you feel afterwards mm -hmm. and like it's it's just unbelievable because I don't I don't understand the science and when I don't understand the science I'm a skeptic well they are all about joints and 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 movement and stuff like so basically one of the movements so I have I think it's my Sacrilio ilium something or other but oh yes the sacrilio ilium yeah yeah you know how like your pelvis is sort of like got the big round elephant ears mm. around the top well because i had such a large baby mine all didn't quite go back properly and so um it's fine until i you know like punch and kick people and get into fights in taekwondo or like sit on the on a very hard wooden floor and then basically it it the joint seizes so he put he makes me put my hands out flat on a wall and then i have to raise each leg and like i raise one leg and it goes almost up to my ears and then like i can't even get the other leg past like my hip point and i'm like why won't it go and i was literally standing there like straining against this wall trying to like you know sweat pouring as i'm trying to lift my leg up and it just won't go and then um and i'm like i don't understand why that happens anyway and then he like crunched me and popped the joint back into the correct position and up it went and i'm like i just don't like he's a voodoo doctor i don't understand it but it works so whatever i don't care it works i will gladly throw my money at him to to fix it's me did I tell you my chiropractic story? And I'll make it quick because I'm aware we've got to, like, this isn't <laughs> chiropractic. Darling, this is just a chit chat. We we can just keep talking. I want to tell just you about going. fasting as well. No. Oh, okay. Um, but no, my, my chiropractic appointment. So I've been to like a couple of doctors and everything else. And it was always just like, oh, physio trial, that stuff. And obviously I was physioing at the time. And then I went to a chiropractor and I sat down and it was one of these free, just like consultation appointments. It didn't do anything to me. Did the same of like making me stand, like checking me like alignment. So I've sat down, went, I'll tell me what's the problem. So I said like, oh, it was around February time. Um, my back just like, I was doing lots of running. I was doing this. And then just my back started to go on this side. And he looked at me, waited for me to go, go quiet. And then just went, did you go to the dentist in February? And Shut went, up. And I went, yeah. He went, do you have any, any fillings, anything on your left-hand side? And I just <gasps> went, yes, I had a filling like at the back there. And he just went, yeah, that's your problem. And his theory was that it was uh, basically that sometimes causes trauma. And obviously around that area, like with your jaw and your ears and stuff, are where your senses of balance are. And mm -hmm. if some of those is slightly thrown off, then the body obviously works in opposites. And it then the, the body makes up for it and tries to accommodate in certain ways for some of the damage that it's felt. So that was being carried in my back. 
so what this guy actually then did he just said work on my back but a lot of what he did was like operating all the little bones at the back of my jaw it was quite painful i'll be honest um but did that and then after like a few months it was back to back to normal Mad. oh my like god magic. that this is, is literally insane like, yeah and now the guy's buggered back off to Holland and I miss him. <laughs> but um, he, that's, it, I completely, completely believe though, because everything is connected in your body and there's always referred pain. Like, like I, I, whenever I, um, so I had whiplash many, many years ago, but it was really severe. And instead of getting pain in my neck, I get pain down in my shoulder uh, but there's never anything there and as soon as I get my neck readjusted the pain in my shoulder goes it's bizarre like our bodies yeah. are so fucking weird mm-hmm. um also I've, I'm, I'm basically like half a pound off of having lost half uh, half a stone so oh yeah you are yeah and I wasn't even gonna join in guys I wasn't <laughs> gonna join in the weight loss but I have joined in and I am just a cotch off of half a stone so I am super pleased with myself and I am trying really hard to continue and yeah, I've been doing it by um, intermittent fasting, which is changing my life. Like I feel more positive <laughs> in the mornings and I don't do positivity. So I've yeah. not seen it because I've not seen you in the morning. <laughs> I know you saw me once and then you were like, oh, you did actually say something to me. I can't remember what you said, but you were like, oh, you're happy this morning. And I was like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have coronavirus. Right, let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so um, success of the week. Now, we there have we one go. of these. Let's have a look. It's in our um, uh, thingy, isn't it? List yeah. accolades. Yes. Okay. Um, no. Level ups. Level ups. Why can't I see level ups? Oh, there's level ups. My maths <laughs> won't work. Sorry, everyone, whilst we organise our shit. Okay. So. Um, Elaine Bateman Bateman says, I'm 38% into my book. This was a while ago, so I'm guessing she is significantly further through. I'm 38% into my book. I've been aiming for 5% every day this month. Uh, Yesterday went pear-shaped, but um, it's cool because I still wrote 3% and I'm happy. And I love that because I love incremental success. Like every time you put a single word down on the page, like y'all should celebrate because (laughs) this has been a bitch of a year when it comes to uh, getting words. So yeah, well done, Elaine. And for everybody else, uh, if you haven't uh, given us a success of the week, then please do drop it into the um, Facebook group um, and we we will shout you out at some point. <clears> oh <throat> yes. So do we have any new patrons? Uh, we have, and again, this feels like it was a thousand years ago. We have uh, Samantha Frost and Chris King. Awesome. Thank you guys very much for joining us. And uh, for, well, no, by the time this goes out, we'll have already done the um, yes. live, won't we? Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. never mind then. It um, happened yesterday. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> but for those listening who would like to get a um, very exclusive chit chat, chin wag uh, with Dan and myself, uh, we run monthly ones for our patrons. And you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash next level authors. And can I just shout out as well, Chris Kane, incredible author, awesome person. Go check out her podcast, which is called Right Away. Right Away. And uh, if people want to find out about Samantha Frost, who is one of my boot campers who actually smashed Nana Remo in 14 days, then uh, check out her interview with John Crinan on Great Writers Share. Awesome. Oh, bollocks. We something we enjoyed <laughs> this week. 
god every time every oh, it hurt. time <laughs> oh that one actually really hurt that was so fucking british <laughs> oh bollocks uh, <laughs> i'll go first shall i do yeah please do darling please do so my my <laughs> <laughs> my uh, thing that I enjoyed or that I'm enjoying is uh, The Last of Us, the video game part two, um, because The Last of Us, you shut up, just search in silence. I'll fill up while you try and think of something. Uh, the Last of Us part one is hands down one of the greatest video games uh, ever made purely for the storyline. Everything they've done. Naughty Dog is a fantastic um game developer. They've done The Last of Us. They've done Uncharted. They've done Crash Bandicoot, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, The Last of Us Part Two actually came out about, I want to say a year ago. It might even have come out this year. I don't know what time it is. It came out and I've been trying to get around to it for ages. And I'm finally at the point in which uh, I'm I'm working through the game. And actually, The Last of Us was part of the inspiration behind the Rot series I wrote with Luke Condor. So it's nice to revisit that world and to see the inspiration that we used for the books and to just play through and revisit the characters. And one thing that I do love about video games, particularly this type of video game, is they're very, very story reliant very very heavy on story um because games used to be very sort of like thin story and just a lot of action a lot of shooting and whatnot but this one's just it's slow it's deliberate it's tense it just you know holds you in so yeah i've been chipping away at that and uh i've actually while playing you know as i said earlier i've been trying to use it for inspiration had these seeds for a potential second series within the rot universe which i've not yet spoken to luke about so luke if you listen to this i would need to have a chat with you mm, that's <laughs> exciting mm. Okay, so yeah. Also, sorry. Also, <laughs> I loved Crash Bandicoot, so that's cool. Oh hell yeah, Crash is phenomenal. Okay, so the thing that I have enjoyed this week is called "Swearing Is Good for You." It's a book. It's by Emma Byrne, and she's going to come on the Rebel Author Podcast very soon. And I'm probably, I reckon, I'm about halfway through the book, and um, it's such a throwback to my university days because I, um, it's got a lot of neuroscience in it. So my first master's degree was in cognitive neuroscience no cognitive neuropsychology god I got so many degrees I'm like which one is it no I'm just kidding um I'm just kidding and joking it's a joke I just actually can't remember anything today um what was it yeah cognitive neuropsychology and um so a lot of what she's saying in the book I completely understand from a psychology perspective I and I understand the neuroscience and I'd forgotten how much I actually really loved my degree like mm. I I you know I slag it off a bit these days because I'm like oh I don't use my degree rah 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 but actually I went to university and studied a thing I was deeply passionate about and I'm okay with having done that and it this was a lovely reminder to all of those years and it made me reach out and contact a few people like from my degree that I haven't spoken to in a while so I just yeah I enjoyed it for both of both of like the reasons that I've contacted people and also that it's just fucking interesting so yeah and also now I have a total excuse to swear all the time and the other thing that I loved which I definitely highlighted and then took a photo of is um uh there are multiple research papers that say uh swearing is not a sign of limited vocabulary because obviously like I love my mum dearly but obviously she doesn't really want me to swear and so she used to tell mm. me oh you know 
nearly real name for myself then you know <clears throat> Sasha you, you've got such a big vocabulary why don't you use other words because I don't wanna and I like swearing <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have the same oomph behind it really half exactly, the time exactly exactly all right weekly confessional now darling you're gonna have to tell me what I said I was gonna do because I have absolutely no fucking idea what so, I was supposed to do I've got yours here. I'm not sure if it's correct, though. I'll be honest. This week is weird. Uh, Sasha will do the mailing list move stuff. Oh, that doesn't sound right. That was the week before, which I did do. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the wrong one because that's also Dan will move house. No, that's right. No. I'm so, no, I didn't update that one. Well, let's both get forfeits. <laughs> uh, do you know what I think mine was? What? To input. It was to input, and mine was to... Yeah. Uh, Hit my deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yours was to input a buttload of I, stuff. I have been inputting. I have been binge reading. I also brought books to help me binge read, and I have just discovered um, that the magicians, it, the final series of the magicians, is out. So I'm going to continue Ooh. my binging input by binge watching that. Um, I, I have, yeah, I've read nonfiction. I've read fiction. Um, I've even done like little bits of research and just, you know, like the stuff that you need as a writer, you know, like looking at um, like coffee, I call them coffee table books. So mm. I've got like a book of like abandoned places and stuff and like nice. the Atlas Obscura. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And mine was to do my hit my deadline, which I did. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, comments comments so last week's question was as an indie author how do you plan for rest and time off um we had a comment on youtube from chelsea felver who says that she watched her the my octopus teacher too and cried as well such a humbling thing to watch and then mm. she also commented on facebook saying uh, i've always been able to recognize when i need to take step back and take a break my struggle comes from once i do step back i lose the groove and have a little difficulty getting back into it i think that's a fear that i have a lot um, I can usually motivate myself with goals and rewards for meeting those goals, which tends to help me get back into the groove. Amy says, as a writer, business owner, I am in Dan's camp. Hell yeah. I find it, I just always like hearing that. Uh, I find it really hard to unplug and not do anything. I've always been about work first, play later if there's time. And since I'm a farmer too, there is never time. Even non-computer activities double as a work-related experience by listening to podcasts, brainstorming YouTube, or making mental lists of stuff to do. I think that's difficult as well when you're in a business where the things that you enjoy count as work. And sometimes those lines get a bit blurry and it's trying to like yeah. validate what you're doing. I agree. Edwin says, I struggle with the whole idea. I don't work hard enough to justify taking time off. There's the setup of my bread and butter job where there are only two of us, meaning every day I take off is a day he must work. This at a building that is open seven days a week, planning for a weekend off to attend a con once required three months notice, which sounds horrendous. You can only work through and do what you can do, man. Just keep on pushing. It's, mm. it's, it's going to be hard, but there is silver lining at the end. Victoria L.K. Williams, I'm the oddball. I'd rather stay at home and veg out than go away. Give me a staycation and I'm so happy. To get ready, I make sure all my busy work is done, make a list of what I want to do, and then completely ignore it. Stock up on all my supplies for projects and food so I don't have to go anywhere. Create a honeydew list to keep a certain someone out of my way and then try to enjoy a minute of no phones, no clients, and no plant shopping. Sasha, explain to me what a honeydew is. 
Oh my God. <clears throat> so I only learned what a honeydew list is the other day. Um, this was thanks to Tom Fowler. Who, I don't know if he's part of Next, uh, Next Level Authors Facebook group, but he's in Revel Authors. And uh, um, I love Tom because he he literally never fails to make me laugh every comment he puts. And also, I think this is such an accolade for him. But like, whenever I hear his name or see his name, I think of strippers, alcohol, drugs, <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> what a fucking accolade to like like that is literally what I think of when I when I see his name um and uh what am I trying to say honeydew list right so he he explained to me that a honeydew list is a list of things that your spouse usually the woman goes oh honey can you do such and such such and such um and so yeah so that is basically a honeydew list okay just all right nice uh one more comment michael nasberg i have a pretty simple approach usually when i finish a book i take a few days or a week off usually with some kind of specific relaxation goal read a book i've been meaning to read or play a game i wanted to play in the pre-pandemic pandemic era if possible i'd make my deadline fall before a calendar holiday so i finished a book a day or two before thanksgiving there would be time off built into the schedule automatically it's very satisfying to go visit my family knowing i hit my objectives and i love that and i'm stealing it mm-hmm and thank you to everyone who commented on uh, Instagram as well and everywhere else that we posted. Yes, thank you so much. We do love the comments. And I think we even yeah, we managed did. to actually reply to them this week, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, okay, so question of the week. This is a two-part question. Oh, oh, for God's sake. Oh, I was waiting to see if you got this. Have we got a challenge going, Sasha? Uh, yes. Are we, oh, are we not going to mention, are we going to do that before then? What? shout out in the beginning okay all right so um we are doing a level up challenge which is running uh across december and january and if you would like to participate uh then you can and the challenge is basically to be really really brutally honest with yourself and uh confess what you are putting off and then to to agree and sign up to do that thing or if it's too long of a thing to fit in that uh, time period, then you can like uh, do steps towards it or whatever. But you know that the point is you have to make progress progress towards um, the thing that you have been putting off. Um, and so yeah, so the come and join us, and there will be prizes. There's going to be a thirty minute consultation with me, a thirty minute coaching call with Dan, um, and a runner up who will will receive a signed uh, copy of the anatomy of prose from me Beautiful. what are you laughing at your little blah, blah, blah. Oh. i didn't realize you turned to a fish halfway through the sentence <laughs> right do i get to ask the fucking question now if you must right fine this is a fun question this is not a um well it's probably possibly gonna be hard because you haven't had time to think about it but um so it's a two-part question, and we're going to of start with part one. Obviously, right? What are your predictions for publishing for the next one year, five years, and ten years? Holy! <laughs> Sorry, I can go first if you'd like, because I've obviously had time to think about this. Yeah, I think you better. That's a yeah. big one. Jesus. Sorry, I know, but th- th- it makes sense. Okay, so I think. 
um, between the next one year and five years, um, I think that there is going to be still more audio, like audio has seen a slight um, decline, but it is still growing. So I definitely think there's going to be more audio. I think because of the merger between Random House and Simon & Schuster, I think we're going to see another huge tranche of like displaced authors. And um, <clears throat> because of that, I reckon a lot of them will probably come over to indie, which is, it's gonna have consequences and not have consequences. Like obviously it means the market's gonna have, you know, more authors, more books, but ultimately like, none of that really affects your business like if you are intentionally growing your business and you are intentionally trying to find your audience you'll be fine anyway so I don't think it needs to cause panic or alarm for anybody <clears throat> I think we're going to see a very large can you hear my wife drilling upstairs a little bit it kind of sounds like a cat snoring okay we can definitely hear it now um oh my god <laughs> it's fine this is this is sure? life yeah <laughs> Okay, well, and so um, the other thing that I think we're going to see is, um, what was I going to say? Um, I think we're going to see more. So you know how like somebody, audio came in and it will like then started to explode. I think we're going to see direct sales starting to explode. So I think we're going to see more and more authors selling directly from their website. Um, and rightly so. So I think, I, th I definitely think that is something that is going to come in. Now, one, one thing over the next five to 10 years, I think there is going to be um, a, you know how we have a book funnel for delivering eBooks? Yes. I think there is eventually in the next, I don't know how many years, like maybe five years or I don't know, but we're going to see some kind of mechanism for delivering paperbacks because at the moment, um, Ingram Spark did buy, I think it was Aero or something, a company uh, that was aiming to do that in America, but it's not come to the UK yet. I don't even know, I don't even know of many people using it in America. So I don't know if it's working or whatever, but I think because there is more, um, uh, what's the word, more pressure on the system and people are going more niche, more local, like this Etsy model of, of buying local and stuff, like buying direct from authors. I think there is the pressure in the system that we do need a paperback, uh, you know, individual delivery purchase from author's own website type system. Mm. So I think that's going to come in. Obviously, AI is going to have some kind of an impact. I think the biggest impact is probably going to be on audio, um, whether or not whether or not, I, I don't know what the impacts are going to be. And I think there are people far more qualified like Joanna Penn to comment on uh, those things. And uh, I've got a couple of her episodes actually queued up to, and her book, she's just released a book on AI um, and the future of the publishing industry. So I think, I think those are probably my biggest ones for the next one to five years. And then like the AI having the biggest long-term impact. And also I think like maybe, uh, interactive stories I think there's going to be more interactive stories I, with AI and, and virtual reality and all of that stuff but in terms of corona yeah. um, because ultimately in the next year I you know I if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest I don't think 
shit is going to clear up next year. I think it's going to be another year before we are out the other side, if I'm perfectly honest, which I don't want to hear. I know nobody listening really wants to hear it, but if we are going into next year, we have to be realistic about these things. And therefore, you know, if we just accept, well, actually never accept, just accept anything. But, you know, if we, if we know that it's not going to strike midnight on the 1st of January and suddenly shit's going to be fixed, then I think we go into the year with a better attitude of, okay, this is our situation. How do we make it work for us? And and that's the kind of, and that's really why I'm asking this question, I think. Mm. And that comes into the part B, but you answer first. Okay. So as you were talking, I was listening, but I was also like making notes and bits and pieces. So there's there's been talk, like you say, of audio for a long time we've seen audio grow and i think like you say that's only going to continue to grow i think it'll be interesting to see considering all the stuff that's happening at the minute of audible gate and just the general monopoly that audible seems to have on uh audiobooks how that's going to shift how that's going to change yeah how that's going to expand i think most people who were only concentrating on ebooks and paper book paperbacks now have their sites on audio and whether they have them already there or whether they're working on them i think it's like now more than ever if you want a successful page product page on amazon you have to have those three things in place just that's that's just your your bog standard now um i think what will be interesting about that is like you mentioned as well is the ai in terms of um voice licensing and how the production for audiobooks i think will over time come down because Mm -hmm. looking at sort of like i had a quote forgetting when winter comes turning to an audiobook through find away voices and no industry standards so this wasn't surprising but it was about two and a half thousand dollars to have done now most of that is the in because of the amount of work that the narrator has to put in and commit to and give and the checks and obviously they're they're worth their their weight in gold but as you mentioned joanna penn does a lot of this on her podcast where she's been trialing with voice stuff like looking at how that all works it's getting better all the time and if you have someone if you could literally get someone to process like 600 hours of you talking and then just tap a button and just narrate an audiobook that the price is just going to come down astronomically and then audiobooks are just going to be easier and easier to produce. <clears throat> Not sure what that's going to mean for um, the customer side of stuff in terms of how expensive or cheap that's going to be for customers, but that'll be interesting to see. One big thing that I keep seeing a lot of that, uh, well, seeing a lot of that I keep hearing a lot of in the pipeline is the print-on-demand book machines that they're trialing with um, certain book, uh, what's the word, sellers in which they're trialing these these big old machines that just basically print on demand a book. So say you're in a bookshop and you want to read, I don't know, I'm going to go to my, my, my main man, uh, Stephen King, and you want to read it and that's not on the shelves. Then you go over to this machine, tap a button, and it prints it there and there for you. And it's just literally any book that you want to come out of these machines. There's That's growing and that's happening. It's very, very slow. They are out in the world. But as far as I understand it, there are only a few of them. And I think that because bookshops can only store a limited amount of books and the world is getting wider in terms of how knowledgeable it is about the different types of books that are out there all the different people they want to see i think that's going to become a thing where we'll start seeing those within bookshops as like a staple of just what they provide no idea what that's going to mean for pricing have you heard of those before yeah there are it's just it's just interesting because obviously you have your your epub or your mobi file like they get printed on demand somewhere and they're now just bringing those more remotely to places where, as, as far as I understand it at the minute, like I say, I'm not an expert, but they are a bit pricey at the minute, understandably. Um, but it'll be interesting to see more of that grow, 
so that you're never sort of disappointed when you leave a bookshop. And it means that, you know, if you're out in town or whatever, you don't have to wait. <laughs> if you're that impatient, you don't have to wait 24 hours for a book anymore. That's just far too long. Um, what else have I got? Mixed media. So I think due to the amount of entertainment, the amount of stories, the amount of consumption that comes from all the different streaming services across all the different types of uh, media and platforms, like whether that's video, gaming, whatever, they're all turning to subscription. They all want content. I think there's going to be a faster growing market for more independent content to turn into games, provided that it can prove itself successfully in the market first. Um, so there'll be a lot more people scouting out to snap up sort of properties to turn into stuff that they could potentially like remarket. Um, and with that, I also think that already the line between independent and traditional publishing is shrinking. Mm. We've seen it with um, with the, the coronavirus in that it has accelerated the digital market for traditional publishing places they weren't looking they've had to rely on now to get their income because paperback or paper bookstores aren't open one resource i would listen to which uh, i listened to the other day it was very very useful can't remember which episode it was but it was on the writers inc podcast jd barker jay thorne and zach bohannon discussing pretty much all of this and what the pandemic has done for trad versus indie and i think we're just going to continue to see that that line shrinking um, we're already seeing traditional publishers appearing on BookBub, uh, just throwing everything on AMS ads, just everywhere where we've been, where they haven't known it existed because they didn't need it. They're suddenly uh, creeping into. And I think a lot of them are learning now, or a lot of them are using the charts across all the platforms as a breeding ground for possible authors to consider. Mm. Because we've seen people like, uh, and tell me if I got this wrong, because you'll probably know better than me, that... Didn't Hugh Howie originally go indie, but he's sold his paperback rights to a publishing yeah. house, but he's kept his ebook rights. Yeah. So there's a lot more in the way of if you know how to play with your intellectual property and the different platforms, you can make more money. But I don't think traditional anymore is kind of just laughing at indie. And I think that's just going to be an interesting avenue to see. Um, looking more widely, I think in the next five to 10 years, and this is a complete <laughs> shot in the dark, I think there's going to be a competitor for Amazon. Really? Yes. Mm. I think it's, there will be a blind spot. Well, and here I'm going to interrupt here. So, and I know we don't typically do this, but I think, I think you're right, but I think it may not be what we think it's going to be. No. It may be that the government breaks up Amazon mm. because it's a monopoly. Um, but I think you're right. It's either going to be a competitor or somebody's going to come in and bash it apart because it's becoming a, mon a monopoly. Um, yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. At one point, Yahoo and Ask Jeeves ruled the web. Now it's yeah. Google. Like there's always, no matter how complacent people get, no matter what happens, there's always a blind side and something will inevitably come um and whether they push them out completely whether like you say they break them up whether they just change what they do or or, or just sort of change the entire game like it happens every every you know couple of decades it, it does mm -hmm. so that's one thing that i think is going to be there um yeah and i think just to round off these points i think the one thing that isn't going to change is uh the power oh no it will it will change in a sense i think more and more and more the power falls into the customer's hands Mm -hmm. the more choice the customer has, the more important it is to keep their attention and to earn their attention and to deliver quality stuff to them that they love you and come back for. And that comes back a little bit to the whole Kevin Kelly's 1000 true fans that it's 
I don't think that indies live in a world in which we have to monopolize a market. I think we just need to find our truest audience and success for us will, will come in finding this, the smallest viable audience. It's the, um, the Seth Godin thing of, you know, find the people who love what you do. They don't have to be millions and millions. If you have like a thousand, 2000 people that follow everything you do, you're, you're going to be successful. And I think that's going to be more key than ever now that we have choice everywhere. I completely agree with you. So that's which, the hope side of things. Which brings me, oh, hashtag positivity number five. Um, so that brings me to my part B, which four, is whatever. <laughs> bearing, bearing in mind everything that you have just said and everything that I also said, what one thing are you going to do about it next year? I'm going to hone in on my existing products i'm going to make them gleam like a diamond under special bright gleamy lights and i'm going to focus entirely on building a backlist that i'm 100 proud of and bringing in people into the funnel engaging them making sure that they want to be with me and just literally curating an audience that loves everything that i do that's that's all all I can do that's all that relies on me is as long as I create the best thing that I can as long as I can keep putting out products that people love and you know having some kind of impact on people then that will keep moving me forward and I have <clears throat> just realized that I think I want to swap my level up challenge because I've just <gasps> yeah no Love but I, I think you're <laughs> going to agree with me I have been putting off starting my audiobooks because ah. I'm afraid yeah so I think I am going to swap task and I'm going to say I need to have started my audiobook by the end of January because your current task my is... current task is the um freebies freebie yeah thing. which mm. is which is important and I am still going to do it um it's a bigger challenge it is a bigger challenge I think it's financially the right challenge and it's a more it's a more like I know how to do it. I am just afraid and I'm putting it off and I just need to stop doing that. You didn't even know what the thing you were putting off was when you started off the putting off challenge. I know, <laughs> I, which is ironic, <laughs> but at least I know now. So, um, yeah, I need to focus more on audio because I have a fucking podcast. I have more than one podcast and, you know, people have asked. You'll smash it. Come on. It's not. It's not the narration. What bothers me is recording it in in the booth and it not being recorded at the right technical specifications and then having to re-record everything that is literally the only thing that's stopping me from doing it is i'm afraid Nailed that i will the record first chapter yeah so i might um i might ask carl yeah just pay him carl. To proof just to, just to make sure that first bit is right and then and then uh I've also got um, a few narrators who do things for the other stories that I can put you in touch with them because they've done some uh, ACX stuff. Obviously, yeah, you're it's not just for ACX, setting but... up the. It's just setting it up and make because once once I know it's going to be approved by ACX, you know, because it meets the standards, then I then it's then there's I can just carry on, but it's that initial bit. So yeah, that's it. Okay, how are we leveling up our business this week? I'm taking a week off. Are you this week? It's not Christmas though. Christmas week off. Well, that's not this week. So what the fuck are you going to do this week, bitch? You don't get off that lightly. I am going to schedule everything and have it ready to have a week off over Christmas. 
Excellent. That's my squeaky chair, just so that you know. Because I've also got, yeah, because we've got like four podcast episodes that we're sorting out the next week. I've got like three or four great writers share episodes to sort out. I've got to do some like client work. I've got to just, you know, get bits and pieces. So there's a fair amount of work to make sure that I don't have to work. <laughs> okay. I'm shitting myself a little bit because I'm going to do something that's I really am going to make me very uncomfortable. Oh, I am going to go and do a test recording in my audio booth and then I'm going to run it through. Um, Hold on, you froze on my end. I don't know if that would have frozen for... Oh, what a shame. Protecting me from admitting what I'm going to <laughs> achieve. It literally I'm going to... <laughs> Yes, I get the chance to change it. No. Okay, so I am going to record a test recording in my audio booth, and then I'm going to run it through um, the, what is it called? Quality checker. Audacity. Is it Audacity? Is it Audacity? The checker. You know, the ACX checker. I think it's Audacity, the ACX check. I'm going to run it through there. That's it. That's all I'm saying, because... It's, it's going to require some mental like working out in order to get me in that booth to do it. So that's enough of a challenge this week. <clears throat> oh God, okay. why have I said that's what I'm going to do? <laughs> oh, Because you're going to make it happen. I know, uh, but I don't want to. <laughs> oh. Okay, question of the week. Um, what are your predictions? for the next one, five, and 10 years in publishing. And this is that's interesting. It. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it was a bit different as a question. I was just like, you know, I want to, I want to ask a fun, futuristic question. So, okay, mm, that's like it. it. We will see you next week. Bye-bye now. bye bye Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. Oh, what episode is this? 37. No, I think we've done 37. I mean, if you want to question me again... It's been episode 37 for like the last four fucking episodes. It cannot still be episode 37. No, let's let's rehash this. On episode 33, you thought it was episode 37. What? I didn't. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake, it actually is episode 37. Oh, for God's sake, Daniel. How is this finally episode 37? Right. Because it's 2020 and... Wait, you got to make the camera on you before we start. Oh, yeah, okay. It's all about me, darling. Oh...